Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, food safety. According to the USDA, every year there are more than 48 million cases of foodborne illness. Is that leftover lasagna in the fridge fit to munch or better to mulch? The salmon you just grilled, good to go or good to throw? If you've ever had the joy of projectile vomiting as a result of food poisoning, you'll want to hear Professor Roger A. Clemens' advice on how to avoid deadly food traps, like... Cryotoxism. You don't want the Gouda to get you. Plus, Tony Anita Hull opens up our listener bail bag to try to cleanse our palate from what will now forever be known as the Crinkle Affair. I'm Adam Felber, the man who handles our conversations with antiseptic gloves, always guiding them away from contamination by foreign topics. And now, please welcome the woman who endangers every topical salad by throwing in a toxic dash of irrelevance, a cup of mendacity, and a spoonful of non sequitur, Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much. Thank you. What a fantastic Ooh. house band, Bob Mincer. Bob Mincer, everybody. Bob is a 30-year member of the Grammy Award-winning Yellow Jackets, leads his own Grammy-winning band. He's the recipient of the Buzz McCoy Endowed Chair of Jazz Studies at the University of Southern California. And for some reason, he's here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, Bob, let me just explain. We don't normally have this huge boat uh, in the studio, and I, I apologize. Uh, we have here the original Lewis and Clark keelboat, and uh, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, boat. Ray Horseman. I, uh, I don't know if I should tell him this, but I broke the door on the way in because the, the it's a big boat. Now, and, why did uh, you bring the original Lewis and Clark keelboat um, to uh, uh, to a distinctly non-visual medium like a podcast? Well, I, I'm, it's for an auction. We're having our first auction tonight. Oh, we are? And now the door can't latch. Now, and Paula, so that we, smell of pot we... from the dispensary down the street right. is like permeating the room. Paula Poundstone. This is not normally the way the show goes. Is that a little possum over there? Yeah, I think That's the possum little, is the on the boat. The possums are now just running in and out because normally there's possums out can in I, the can alleyway. I, can I ask a question, Um, Yeah, Paula I can Poundstone? barely... Wait, wait, move the oar. Okay. Just move that oar. <laughs> when we do things... Like 
deciding to hold auctions or 100th caller contests or decide to move a giant seagoing vessel into our studio. That reminds me, Can don't forget about-, about the 100th caller contest. Damn it, Paula. We're having a 100th caller contest. The 100th caller tonight wins any appliance from Roger Federer's appliance store and a chance to hang out after the game Couple of- with Adam Felber. No, no. So- that's been going Cu- Couple of so notes on well. that one. The 100th yeah. caller will certainly not be tonight. Oh, you don't think it will be and tonight? It will not be tonight. Boy, We're not even so close to 100 callers. And- now, people can't see the keelboat, um, and I can't even see you, Adam, right now, because the keelboat is 55 feet long and 8 feet wide. Uh, it, it, it has 22 oars. Can you move that oar? I can't move the oar. Okay. What do I look like, has, an oarsman? It has 22 <laughs> oars, and, and that uh, that's a small cannon there on the bow. And a blunderbuss on the stern. Now, why did Lewis and Clark need a cannon? Uh, just in case. And what 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 waterway were they sailing in? Keep this? in mind, there weren't Seven Elevens back then. Yeah, and there, and also there are not a ton of ways to travel east to west in the continental United States on a boat. Yeah, well, they did. It has a a single mast, and and see that footloose uh, square sail. Yeah. And this heavy timber runs down the center of uh, the a entire... Footloose? Uh, it's a, a footloose square sail. Okay. And this heavy timber runs down the center of the entire length of the bottom of the boat yes. to absorb the shock of what they hit and to enable Which would be land stealing. every couple of feet. No, there were like... Sometimes there was sandbars and there were... Um, they would pole it sometimes or they would row it or... The team was called the Corps of Discovery and they could move the boat... Using ropes from the shore, which was called cordling. And so are we to, auctioning this boat? We are auctioning this boat uh, tonight. Um, okay. It's uh, an internet auction. Oh. So people will write well, in. Again, things uh, that could have been mentioned during our little production meeting yesterday. I, I, you know what? I was so busy getting the boat here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I drive a Prius. True. And so it's very hard to get the me and the pod puppy. You know, I hear you you lay a log down the center of that Prius. It'll really help absorb yeah, some of the yeah. impact. <laughs> well, here's the captain's cabin on the after deck with two bunk beds in case the captain had a sleepover, a bench and a desk and shelves for books and scientific instruments, for example, the measuring tuba. Um also, the measuring tuba? The hold of the boat is covered, as you can see, by this box like structure. Hey, Bob Mincer, what might a measuring tuba sound like? I haven't a clue. He doesn't have a clue. <laughs> he couldn't even process that musically. Um, right. So, you see, the, 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 the hold of the boat is covered by a box like structure to protect uh, cargo and the crew's uh, sleeping place. This is arguably taking up our whole show. Well, it's taking up a lot of room. Here in the studio, and yeah. I apologize for that. Okay. Um, uh, oh, my, oh, my gosh. Look what? who just walked in. Who's that? Uh, I, I was knocking on doors, and your door was open. Oh, look, everybody. I, I it's could, Bernie Sanders. I could, <laughs> I could barely get past the keel boat. Uh, <laughs> Welcome, this, Senator Sanders. Uh, good to see you, uh, uh, Compasshead. Uh, isn't this Did you just the call one? me Compasshead? Compasshead. Uh, isn't this the one Lewis and Clark used? Yes, that is the boat that Lewis and Clark used, Senator Sanders. Well, I too, Adam, am on a journey, and I'm hoping your listeners will take the time and put in the effort to hear my message. Okay. uh, Which has never changed. It really hasn't. And my message is this. Uh Uh-huh. You have reached Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Oh, you mean mean your outgoing message. I am sorry I am not here to answer the phone. Okay. But you can leave a message, and I will get back to you at my earliest convenience. Yeah, you know, 
I it mean, hasn't changed. The all message true. has not changed. Yeah, again, it's not necessarily the message that people are waiting to hear uh, unless they've called your number. Well, exactly. <laughs> and haven't heard you. Let me tell you something, Compass Head. My <laughs> campaign. Can you not call me Compass Head? <laughs> my campaign is making the Republican establishment nervous. We are making the Democratic establishment nervous. You're making me nervous. We are making beer and wine establishments nervous. Why is that? Beer and wine establishments nervous. Okay. I'm making Tony Anita Hall nervous. She has just dropped her pen. We are making the establishment clause nervous. Okay. There's a hair salon right here in Los Angeles called the establishment. We are making them nervous. Uh, and what is the positive effect of all this nervousness? Uh, it's just something I've noticed about our campaign. <laughs> it's just a bland observation. Making, I just noticed people Because a lot are, of your followers take that on, to mean something. People, no, people are on edge. Yes. People are very much on yes, edge. Yes, people are, are very on edge, Senator Sanders. They are worried uh, about my candidacy. Uh, yes. And I know I can beat Donald Trump. You uh, do know this? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes, because he is a, the most corrupt, most dangerous uh, president uh, in in our lifetimes. All right. So that's your message. No, this is my message. Thank you for calling Bernie <laughs> Sanders. I'm sorry I'm not here to take your call. Sanders, Sanders, if you could move to the side a minute. I want to talk to Paula. Uh, uh, Paula, you want... I can barely even see you. Cl- yeah, look yeah. look through the storage lid there. Look through the storage lid. The storage lid on yeah. the boat? Yeah. See how they have the storage holes in the side? If your bag won't fit in there, you have to check it. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Yeah. Back in Lewis and Clark's times, how many free bag checks did you get per journey? Oh, uh, no, I, I, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Well, people aren't going to bid I on didn't, it if you don't have vital I, information. Oh, like no, that. people are going to. People are going to. In fact, I just checked the auction website. Scott Franciscus has bid $25 on the original keelboat from Lewis and Clark's expedition. Scott Franciscus has. Yeah, yeah. which is great because he gives the me. The listener who was the first to win our. Bar of Hotel Soap that Tony Nita Hall ended up trying to stuff into a regular mailing envelope, and he had to pay it for it postage due. That's correct. And that is, Scott in the real been, world, all Scott has ever done for our show. That's not true. Scott has been supporting our show ever since. That's not and true. We thank you so much. Uh, although I must say, Scott, $25 for the original Lewis and Clark keelboat, uh, the good news is it gives me the chance to use one of our vocabulary words, exiguous. Uh, which means scanty, diminutive, and meager, which reminds me I have a word for this week. My word, Adam, is vituperative. Vitu- I know this one. Vituperative. Yes, it indeed. means bitter and abusive. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Bitter and abusive. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, here I'll use it in a sentence. Will you now? I look forward to a time when we elect leaders who do not speak in vituperative language. Huh. I do look forward to such a time. Thank you, Paula. Well, I would say that many people would suggest that Senator Sanders that you are a bit vituperative at I times. I am not vituperative. I, I am honest. Uh, in fact, I'd like to change my message. Uh, your outgoing message yes, or your message yes, message? No, my, my outgoing. Uh, uh, thank you for calling Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry I'm not here to get your call. Please leave a message that is not vituperative. <laughs> If you can make that effort. Excellent, but that was an or you were speaking into. Oh, my mistake. Uh, my, my mistake. <laughs> all right, so uh, vituperative uh, uh, is our new vocabulary word. Vituperative. Oh, it's Fantastic. A, it's so a great word. Add it to the catalog of other words that you don't remember. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, uh, I, I cannot use my campaign funding to bid on this uh, boat, but it is a beautiful boat. 
Thank you, Bernie. I cannot accept uh, such things. Uh, I cannot. Uh, yeah, I cannot. Well, we weren't offering it. Uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. I, I just, in case somebody was thinking of bidding and giving it to me, you can't, that is not I, legal. I can't imagine why anyone would want to give you this boat. Lev Parnas. Lev Parnas would like to give you this boat. He'll, he'll, he'll go with anyone. He just likes to. He likes to pedal. He pedals American uh, connections. Well, well, and Lev Parnas, well, if you're out there, the current um, bidding. Stands at $25, I suppose. So, uh, Scott Franciscus is good for the $25. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, I, I have, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to make vituperative an active part of my arsenal of words, so I'm adding it to my catchy vocabulary song. Okay. All right, ready? Yes. Um, all right, here it goes. I was a little nervous right. over this. Yeah, song. You're, you're kind of crouching over that glockenspiel. This week's word is vituperative. It's an adjective that means bitter and abusive. What a shitty life you live. Ooh, that would be vituperative. <laughs> Last week's word was lilliputian. It's an adjective that means very small or unimportant. Also, it's a noun that means very small or unimportant person or thing. The week before that, the word was prandial. It's an adjective that means of or relating to a meal. I don't like the mashed potatoes with the peel. That can be a prandial conversation. Going back before that, we had myrmidon. It's a noun that means follower, sub, follower, obs, follower or subordinate oh, of a powerful you person. You're in the pocket pounce, don't bring it home. Especially <laughs> one who is willing to engage in dishonest activities. Who could that be? Beats me. And not long ago, the word was elide. It's a verb that means omit a sound or syllable we speak. Let's never forget free. It's a noun that means confused jumble or medley of things. Hodgepodge. Who's podge? Hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable. Replicable. It is not. Replicable. But I do. I do. I do. I do. Jump in any time, Bob. Just jump in. I actually uh, took a... I actually took a picture of Bob during that. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally agape at what was going on. We're going to um, silkscreen Bob's agape face onto the square sail on the keelboat, on the original Lewis and Clark keelboat. Um, I think it will maybe increase the value, but we already have $25 so uh, we're Scott Francis. This whole night was worthwhile. Uh, oh, well, absolutely. Paula, that was a great rendition of your vocabulary song. Well, thank you very much. You know Utterly what? different than every other version of it. Is it me or does it? Well, it does evolve a little bit. It's a little bit like a folk song, Adam. Is it me or does it just get better every week? I agree that it's just you. Yeah. And in fact, we've asked some of our listeners over over the last few weeks to you know contribute their versions of the vocabulary song, maybe have something a little more catchy and replicable that might actually teach people words. And we've had some great responses so far. So just once again, everybody, that's uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com if you have an entry. I don't see how it's going to be better than that. Well, it's possible. Uh, Coming up, Hippocrates said, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. But... How can we be sure if our food is safe to eat? Professor Roger A. Clemens is here to carve up our plates with helpful information. And no, he's not the Roger Clemens who threw a fastball. We just couldn't resist finding the intersection of pitching with food safety. Keep your food safe. That's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. 
Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. Quint sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Sir Edward Stroyhall said, My biggest fear is that when I die, the world will not remember me. Hey, Paula, we're back. Just you, me, and a giant 
seagoing vessel. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind sleeping in that top part with the. No, that the, looks cozy with a little a little hood over it. Yeah, that looks like a there. modern day tarp that must have been added later. Uh, yeah. I bet back in Lewis and Clark's day it was skins or something. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what it was originally made of. Okay. But, but oh, for the people bidding, it, it's the original. <laughs> At this auction. Yeah, it is, yeah. It, it is it's the, the original. It's the original blue yeah. tarpaulin from yeah. Lewis and Clark's day. All right. Uh, Paula, you've eaten leftovers a lot. Have I ever? You have that look. No, you, you frequently talk about eating leftovers. I have a lot like of when leftovers. We, like our sponsor, HelloFresh, whom we love. You, you say Hello Fresh. And then you eat Hello Leftover the next day yeah, as well. that's exactly right. And occasionally the day after that. I call it home alone foods. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, it's true. I make a batch and then I eat it over the course of the next few days. So here's my question. How do you know if your foods are safe? I have no idea. None at all? So far, I've felt good. But you've, you've gotten sick before. Yeah, but not from that. How do you know? I, because it would be a throw-up be sick. Would and it? I haven't been throw-up sick in years. Do you know that some sort of that bad food always Knock on leaves? the side of that boat for me, would you? <laughs> the side of the boat? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just not good. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I haven't. I haven't. <clears throat> not sure why I So did that. I've managed to survive all this time. I, I, I feel like it's Your not through skill, safe. it's through luck, but generally okay. speaking, I've done okay. Yeah. Well, we have someone here who can tell us what's safe to eat and what will kill you, which is kind of a useful thing. Professor Roger A. Clemens is adjunct professor of pharmaceutical sciences and associate director of regulatory science program at the University of Southern California. He's an expert in pediatric nutrition, probiotics, food safety, and toxicology and food processing. My old jobs. Please welcome <laughs> Professor Roger A. Clemens. <laughs> All right. Now, Professor Roger Clemens, let's get the doping thing out of the way right away. <laughs> if I have stories to tell you. I bet yeah. you do. <laughs> but let's, let's go to food first, actually. Um, how serious should we be about food safety? Is Paula's cavalier attitude towards her leftovers a safe thing? It is not a safe thing. <laughs> <laughs> food safety is everybody's responsibility, including Paula's. Okay. Well, I wouldn't blame anyone else if anything bad happened to me. And I'm not serving anyone else. <clears throat> but Just people do mind. blame everybody else for yeah. it, as opposed to pointing the fingers at themselves. It's quite common. Oh, yeah. All right. So, for example, um, I sometimes get food from a restaurant nearby. I'll get two different dishes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, my assistant, Wendell, he'll put them in the microwave not to cook them just so the cats can't pee on them. And... Uh, <laughs> Good decision. Yeah, and then and then I forget it's there, and I might not eat it for another twenty four hours or something. Now it's it, but it's vegetable based, it's it's plant based food. Even it's plant based food, but there are critters in that plant based food, and uh. now they're in an environment that's nice, warm, and cozy, and they're quite happy there until you eat them. Yeah, and they yeah. will make you very ill. So the best thing best thing message of the day is when in doubt, throw it out. Yeah. Now. Um, Somebody told me one time that, uh, I don't know, somebody was complaining of food poisoning right after they ate. And, and a friend of mine said, nah, you don't get it for 24 hours. Is there a, like an incubation period for the, you Yeah, know, what's the food poisoning it? window? It's, uh, it, it depends on the individual, but it depends what the, the dose makes the poison. It sounds oh, like toxin. You know, oh, so, wow. Yeah, okay. So we have to see what is the burden of that toxin? Is it a bacterial? Is it an endotoxin they secrete? What's an endotoxin? A toxin that bacteria produce. A lot of produce, we have toxins in our food and bacteria produce some of those toxins. So how responsive are you to those components? Some people don't respond. Some people can respond very violently. 
silently. Depending on the age and stage of life, on medications, what you're doing, uh-huh. what are the things you have with uh, the food. So a lot of variables. So anywhere between cases. five minutes and several days. Uh, one could argue that very easily, yes. Jesus. Okay, wow. so you're never out of the woods. No, I don't guess so. <laughs> no, that's why safety is important throughout that continuum. Oh, wow. Okay, so For what? every meal. Every <laughs> meal. Everything in between those meals. <laughs> right. So what about, say, the Lewis and Clark expedition that didn't have refrigeration, obviously? Very, very smart. They did, the biggest thing they did, one, they dried the food, and number two, they salted the food. And salt Salt does... is a great food preservative. Think of the people who came here from Atlanta to say in South Dakota, like my ancestors did. Uh-huh. And the first thing they did, they dehydrated the food or they put salt on it. And salting is a great way to preserve. Oh, maybe that's why I don't ever get sick. Because you love salt. <laughs> oh, you like salt. I'm, it works. Uh, yeah, I eat a tremendous amount of salt. Like I'm, you know. If so you there's were, other consequences. If you were to but... lick, I'm like a salt lick. Uh, I'm not you licking. And the deer. Dog, dogs and cats love me uh, right. because okay. they just like. I'm, to, I'm, salt I'm, is a great natural preservative. In the early settling days, that's what you did. You oh, you dehydrated, put it in hay or straw, and you put salt on it. Huh. Let me ask you about a question that's, that's very personal to one of our favorite uh, friends of the show, um, tyrotoxism. Yeah. Um, how, is there any way to test food for that, or do you just have to throw out cheese that's been sitting there? Well, you have to actually reserve cheese in a proper manner. Uh, there are a lot of toxins in foods, like there are in fish. Uh-huh. There are, everything you eat it actually has a toxin in it. So again, how much is there mm-hmm. is going to make everybody sick. So we have to look at that very carefully. Most people associate with food poisoning with bacteria, uh-huh. sanitation issues. But food poisoning goes beyond bacteria, and that's what we want to discuss as well. Okay. Wait, food poisoning? Say that again. Food poisoning? Food poisoning is beyond bacteria. Oh, it is? Yeah. There's other things. That, There's other that, things right. that get you un, unhappy there, What, what about the tyrotoxism? Is that bacteria, or is that some other kind of thing? There's other kind of things. Huh. Okay. Well, like tyrosine. You've heard of tyrosine, like the amino acids? Let's say I have. Uh, say you haven't. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amino acid. Tyrosine? I had amino acid trading cards as a kid. Absolutely. Uh, the amount of times I used to trade enzymes. I have trading cards right oh here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So some people are on certain kinds of medication, uh-huh. so they eat cheese and they get sick quite Quite readily, quite quickly. Uh-huh. So that goes your five-minute window, like you said. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they could eat cheese and get sick right away. Right away. They would um, indeed. What kind of medications would do that? Yeah, the common one is statin drugs and grapefruit, and not a good thing to put together. Thank you very much. Uh, so, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of those, I have had some recent heart trouble, uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, my wife did offer me some grapefruit and, uh, the and other day. It's a grapefruit, right? Yeah, I, I, I said no, yeah. no grapefruit. I, I had a, I had a sense, a feeling. Yeah, the, yeah, the statins are very popular drugs today for oh. cardiovascular disease, yeah. but certain foods you shouldn't consume together. That's one of them. Yeah. So now, th- th- this, this is. Uh, but, but these are like drugs interacting badly with certain foods. There aren't foods that interact badly with one another, are there? Oh, or yes. are there? Oh, yeah. Sweet and oh. savory? Uh, no, I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some foods, but there's components of foods that are not make you, will not make you happy. For example, yeah, uh, the lactose in milk and milk products. Oh, in milk. Uh, milk. And some yeah. people don't like, get, get, have lactose intolerance. Uh-huh. So that's a food interaction that affects about 80% of the population here in the United States. But I think what Paul is asking about is like, are there kinds of food that if you mix them together, you're more or less dropping a bomb in your stomach? Uh, generally, food to food interact, but it's a component within the food that so kind of mm-hmm. make you quite sick. Oh, I, yes. see. I see. Even yeah. caffeine. So that's a food with a 
flavoring agent, and some people have blood pressure go up with the caffeine. Also, it functions as a diuretic, like you drink coffee. So either go in the bathroom or you do other things with that sort of uh, compound uh-huh. in your food supply. Uh, Captain see. Crinkle, my manager, Bonnie Burns, um, she drinks a lot of coffee, and uh, it really affects her. I mean, I, I can't speak digestively. Heart palpitations would get a lot of peace. A lot of people react that way. I'll, I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll step up and say I've known Bonnie for about three years, and she's been agitated the entire time. For, for good reason. <laughs> is that the or coffee? Is she being, are you agitating her or is the caffeine agitating It's the caffeine. Oh, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm a comic. Adam couldn't have done anything. <laughs> you know, my daughter asked me a funny question the other day. She said, we still have ice in the freezer from the party. She says, is it, is it okay to use old ice? I would recommend that you not use old ice. Really? Why is that? Because things grow in ice. So let's go to the North Pole, the South Pole. Are things growing in that ice? And you bet they are. So you rotate. So what kind of plumbing was yeah, used in that there, ice? What kind of filters were there? There's animals and plants in the water underneath them. That's a different yeah, kind of ice. Well, My well, refrigerator doesn't have animals and plants well, in it. Oh, but it does in the plumbing. And, when, and they come from municipal water supply. Oh, Let Jesus. Me, and how many filters do you have in your water supply? So things mm. grow in the plumbing. How about things that are wrapped up in the freezer, like chicken. Well, chicken is wrapped up. is kind of nice, but they get what they call freezer burn. Yeah. Yeah. So when the freezer burn really tastes lovely, not so good, right? Yeah. Right. But, but actually, not... that protein is breaking down, so oh. it doesn't make it so palatable. And so we want to cook it, fry it, whatever you want to do with that food. It's not going to be as palatable. And that protein breaks down into things that you may not like very much. And your body say, I don't like this component of protein. So probably, again, when in doubt, you want to throw it out. So how do creatures preserved in ice in movies manage to stay preserved without their proteins breaking down (laughs) when when they seem to get thawed and are perfectly fine to ravage cities? Most of them are dehydrated. And so dehydration preserves lots of things. So So you rehydrate and unfreeze. They cut the scene where Frankenstein just look, 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 look. Pounding pounding Gatorade. over the table. Yourself. It's all good. Now well, let me ask you something. We need electrolytes. <laughs> you must have an empty refrigerator at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I have a I have two chefs in my family. So we really? actually have clean we have good clean refrigerators and good clean freezers, you bet. Yeah, yeah. Everything's but, uh, dated. We know when it was in, we know what's gonna come out first wow. in, first out. It's like we do it in a restaurant. We know what went in is it's stored appropriately. It's same with the, our pantry. We know what went in, when it went out. I'm glad you brought up restaurants. I'm what glad are they you brought up your us? OCD, because I think... <laughs> I'll be OCD. I got that. It's yeah. all about safety, right? Wow. What's the worst thing that most restaurants are doing that's going to get us killed? Um, bad sanitation. Bad sanitation. And, and not cleaning the tables. And not storing things at the right temperature, the right place in the refrigerator or freezer. How about not washing off the menus? Because that seems to worry uh, at that least one person That works a here. lot. Yeah. So what rag did they use to wash off the menu, much less wash yeah. the, off the table? Bonnie Burns wants and, to know. Uh, it's always interesting. <laughs> they take a wet rag. What was on that wet rag? And did they allow it to dry? No. They just, uh, if they dry it off, that means the solution that was stored in the rag isn't doing its job. You have to give oh. it time. It takes time to kill what was there. Suddenly, Bonnie Burns has become the the, the <laughs> choir in your church. Oh, She's back there going, oh, yeah, amen. Bring it on. Yeah. I used to be a choir director, so I get that. <laughs> now, if I have considered before making a survival kit, you know, because of all the bad stuff coming our way, but the problem for me is the water. 
you know, that's going to be one of the things that we really need if we're stuck somewhere. Like, and if I store water now in my survival kit, how often do I have to change out the water for it to be good for surviving? That's a great question. So Thank what you. was the shape of the container that you originally put in the water? What's the source of that water in? What was the temperature where it was stored? So what we normally do, I get a life straw. A what? A life straw. L-I-F-E straw. What the hell's a life straw? Oh, I think he's going to tell you. Oh, <laughs> we're going to tell you like it. I, I should have brought one uh, in. Yeah. Man but for the visual hour, but cue here on the camera, we can get yeah, this yeah, right. Go and tell Put you it on our website. The we new can, website's we, we fantastic. Can, oh, it's going to be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Is it up yet? Yeah, it's oh, up. yeah. It's up. It's up. <laughs> we always carry, when you're out packing, you carry a life straw with you. It's a multi-series uh, um a filtration system so literally it worked for uh, about a year's time you can take the dirtiest of all dirty water and suck it up it'd be safe water like for you oh, drink okay. through the straw you drink like through the straw directly from the fetid lake to it's, the straw yes you can do for the fetid lake it's about the quarter of the size of the, of the diameter of this soda can this is a soda can ladies and gentlemen a soda can by the way can't you see that soda can yeah and you see that they had them all off on this Lewis and Clark business they all had life straws so they had good water with them yeah and so actually that will clean the water for you make it appropriate for you. So well, can you okay. give Paula kind of an estimate answer? She's got bottles of water in her garage. Well, how was it stored? What oh, was she it, bought them at Costco it, a month ago. Well, I'm, okay, a month ago well, it's not even because that sterile water mm-hmm. produced in an environment that was aseptic, as they would typically say. So how long so, will that flat of water bottles uh, last? We recommend not more than a year. Not more than a year. Oh, Paula that's not so difficult. So, but you, look, you have a commercial variety of water in that point. But if you did it on the tap of your home, that's a different story. Oh, right. that wouldn't if you be take healthy? a milk bottle, Jesus. don't want to store that water because things will grow. That container is not sterile. Okay. The water is not sterile. Matter of yeah. fact, none of the food you and I consume is sterile. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what about Maybe boiling things to make them sterile? Well, sometimes boiling makes them sterile, but also boiling concentrates things that shouldn't be there in the first place. So boiling can help clean water, but it doesn't always do a great job for that. Really? Son of a bitch, we're all going to die. Honestly. All right, now, well, we, uh, hold on. Just answer the phone, Adam. What? <laughs> yeah, just answer the phone. But we were going to take a, okay. Just just take answer, a call? Answer the hello? phone. Hello? Uh, hello, Adam. Um, it's me. This is I, myself, Winnie Feynman, calling. Hi, Winnie Feynman. And How I have you? a question for the professor. For the professor? Uh, yes. You want to ask the professor something? Yes, sir. Um, uh, Adam Felma has my mother's crock pot. I don't. And so what my mother has been forced to do is um, put food in a pot that's not a crock pot and leave it out all day until she gets home to prepare it. How dangerous is that? Don't do it. Now, 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 wait, no, you don't have to. Don't do it. Now, Winnie, what kind of a question is this? For one, why is your mom just leaving food in a pot in the because absence of... Because you have a crock pot. I don't. I don't know where you sent it, but I don't have it. You have it. As a saucepan, No. Yeah. No, a crockpot is a is a slow cooker. It's a slow cooker. Yeah. yeah. And what and I think what, what our caller is saying is that since she mailed It's me, it is I, Woody Feynman. <laughs> since she mailed away her crockpot, her mom has been not slow cooking so much as just leaving food out all day in a pan. What happens when you leave food all day out in a pan, they it's a nice warm, cozy temperature. So the bugs say, I like this environment with all this protein and other nutrients around me, so I'm gonna grow. And some of those bacteria say, I like it so much, I'm going to produce toxins. So you will not be happy. Winnie, how have your mom been feeling lately? Ma, you, you, the professor says you're making bacteria parties. So we're bacteria parties, and we have hot pockets. 
Within the within the crock pot. Well, who doesn't love hot pockets? <laughs> oh, everybody loves hot pockets. <laughs> anyway, George Orwell wrote, "We may find out in the long run that tinned food is a deadlier weapon than the machine gun." Stay tuned to find out how healthy a can of spam really is. <laughs> The Cat of the Week is Swee from Henniker, New Hampshire. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well... 
not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. And we're back with Roger A. Clemens, the renowned pharmacological professor, not the disgraced baseball player. Um, can, can you smell that pot smell? The pot smell? Yeah. You know, there's a there's a dispensary on the corner, and because we can't shut the door because of the boat, the, boat, yeah. uh, the smell of pot is like wafting in here. Can it, pot go bad? Uh, yes, pot can go bad, but I'm sorry that we're here smelling the pot as we do the show. Yeah, I don't think it's good for us. I don't know. Boy, now, uh, we were talking for a second during the break, and uh, Captain Crinkle asked uh, how often you should wash out your produce drawer, your vegetable drawer in your refrigerator, and you said... Every two weeks. Wow. And and and, and Captain Crinkle got this look on her face like 2007 might have been the last time <laughs> yeah. she did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't. I remember, where does produce grow? In the ground. Yeah. Where does fruit grow? In the tree. And are all those clean? The answer is no. So bacteria wow. and viruses are quite happy in the produce that we consume. So it's not just meat. Yeah, it's just not just meat. It's everything that you and I consume. I had assumed that I was living a, a less risky life by not being a meat eater. But it's true. I don't clean my vegetable drawer all that Often, but it sounds when like you say well, all that you, often. You carefully go into your vegetable drawer and whip your finger around the bottom and say, Oh, I've got the slimy stuff that's called a biofilm. Oh, I no, mean, yeah, I started in a biofilm uh, one. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, was it the Ray Charles bioenergetics yeah. here? So we get rid of the biofilm and oh, you'll be wow. happier. No, so. the truth is, I don't even use the vegetable drawer, I just put everything on the shelf. But uh, is so it the same, same problem? Yeah. Um, so, but it sounds like you could actually do surgery inside your refrigerator. Uh, we could do surgery, yeah. Well, in our refrigerator, the answer is yes. Yeah, wow. It's yeah. a class A operation. Yeah, no well, it also, it, uh, it's a, okay, it sounds a little bit like safety and a little bit like a mental health problem, but <laughs> I think that's fine. How no, about listen, that? How, if I, come to my home, I'll help you out here. <laughs> well, I know I'd be safe. There. If my school's having a bake sale, are there are there rules about what how the food's supposed to be handled? Well, it, it just depends. Uh, we have what the, in the state of California, every state of the country has what they call cottage laws. Uh-huh. And so, if you follow the cottage laws, that I mean you're certified. You've gone the food safety and training through that is certified by the state. In this case, state of California or any other state you might be in, that's one thing. Uh-huh. But if you go down to your local bake store, or say your children come down, right. I'm going to raise money for X, Y, Z. Yeah. So you hope that it was processed well. Uh-huh. Because there aren't any laws, yeah. And so, do well, we have kids she, sick? I, I yeah, think she's talking about that. the crapshoot of like you know, Erica's making brownies, yeah. and yeah. Justine is, has his cookie recipe. And, and aren't we and glad we have a great immune of... system? We don't know how <laughs> it was cooked. It could be raw dough. We don't, don't know if that was Erica's raw egg definitely. white. So yeah. all egg yolks. We don't know how yeah. it was made. One of my one of my favorite things, uh, uh, Julia Child, one time oh, yes. on her show. Uh, she dropped a whole chicken on the floor, and she picked it up and looked into the camera and said, that's just between you and I. Yeah, she quickly <laughs> three to five second rule, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's great for camera, but not good for public health. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk, about, let's talk about the chicken. Let's pretend it hasn't hit the floor. How long can it be out there before you cook it? Or how, or before you refrigerate it, what you know? You thaw out a chicken and war and water in the sink. You don't leave it on the sink, but actually put it in water so it thaws evenly. Let's assume it was never frozen. Um, you take it home from the supermarket. You're going to cook yeah, it that night. You want to consume it within a week's time because okay. the chickens are not sterile. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you'll find. Well, you, some when, of them are, but you it's you know it does, they yeah, can well, still lead productive lives. Issue, right? yeah. 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 They can do that, but once it gets slimy on the skin, you know there's something slimy inside, so that's the way to throw it out. Okay. Ah. Uh, Doesn't that sound good? Slimy yeah. chicken. Yeah, yeah. You know oh. what? I, I kind of Your favorite. Feel, first feel, number one on your menu. I feel like here in L.A., if you were to open up uh, on like Melrose, a slimy chicken wagon, it would be very popular. Well, um, the, yes. the food trucks, it could be yeah, just that exactly. way. Yeah. Are food trucks uh, more of a health problem or less of a health problem than restaurants? Actually, or it... the food trucks in Los Angeles are certified. They actually have a license. To, the, food vi- the food inspectors go through them to make sure they're adhering to all the sanitation issues. So it'd nice. be a good bet that the food trucks are pretty good here in Los Angeles. All right. They got clean water. They have hot things, stoves. They got clean bread. They do a very yeah. good job. They handle with gloves. So sanitation is usually yeah. a minimal issue. And if people that are in it's line good, get good. sick, they can just pull up and drive away very quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of course, if the people in line get sick and they have greasy hands, so who's the, who's the blame of getting sick? That's you know, right. The greasy hands. How yeah. about devices that tell you to change the filter? Should we listen to Captain Crickle wanted to know if those devices were a scam? And in your answer during the break, it looked like she thought, I should, I've should. i been assuming they were a scam since 1997. Well, no, she said your refrigerator. What? 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 There's no filter in the refrigerator. For the, for the water, for the water system to make it ice and for water dispenser. Oh, my, my refrigerator doesn't do that. Oh, I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah, my refrigerator, it's the only thing that's not in this original keelboat from Lewis and Clark. Right. Oh. Uh, I use that refrigerator at home. Well, great. Well, they, they take the water through the lemons and the limes, right? So they have, don't have scurvy. And therefore, you're actually diminishing the, the bacterial load of that way. But the refrigerators that have filters, they should be cleaned and cleaned as they indicate, usually every six months. So they're oh. not scamming you. They're not scamming you. Captain Crickle, they they're not things, scamming they you. Blo- they don't want things to, uh, to keep on building up uh-huh. to build an issue. So they're not really scamming you. They're, they're trying to be sure that you remain safe. Speaking of remaining safe in regulations, uh, talk to us about the sell-by date and the use-by date and how closely we should adhere to those. Are those sufficient, insufficient, exactly accurate? The use-by date, it's important to note that, in fact, these are not expiration dates. These are best used-by dates. Okay. So you may be the manufacturer of X, Y, and Z. I am. And good for you. <laughs> An X, Y, Z product that says here, used-by is best flavor-by, best... Crunch by best, whatever characteristic you have in your products is best used by date. Okay. With all of that. Best used by, okay. Uh-huh. As opposed That's to, the a, to drug, a drug. How has about the a, sell by date? Uh, same idea. They, the option is here in the United States, you can have a sell by date. That's a little bit different than a use by date. But typically, like a milk, it's a really big sell by date. Or use by date depends what they use on their on their um, on their on the code. Here. But generally, sell by date means you have so you have a little leeway after that. You have a lot of leeway by after that, okay. actually. But That's unlike great. the drugs world, they act really as an expiration date. So they don't want you to be consuming that drug after it expires. Yeah, but that sounds like a total scam. Oh. And by the way, when you turn, <laughs> you're not going to let them answer. When that. you turn to pharmaceutical companies, I I I don't I don't. Tr- I don't trust what they say, anyways. Well, I can, I can, I can respect that, but I've done Thank the you. analytical chemistry of that, uh-huh. and actually has a failure out here someplace. So they actually have. So let's say your medication is good for twelve months. Well, they know it's going to be good for eighteen months. 
Uh-huh. But we want to be certain that you don't exceed the expiration date. Uh-huh. So there's a buffer zone. So if they're you using will. like a caution, like it's a cautionary uh-huh. to they're the scaring patient. you off. Well, I wouldn't say scaring you off, but it is a caution. Be sure that you always get the drug dose delivered as prescribed by the physician. I see. Uh huh. I have to tell you, I use old meds. How old? Uh, you How and, ancient are the meds that you sometimes You and 90% of the population uses meds. Well, for, uh, for two reasons. Okay. One is they're expensive. Okay. Uh, and the other is I don't, I don't know how to dispose of them. I don't want to What pour. do you mean how to dispose of them? When If you're not using them, if you're like, oh, these are too old, I don't want to. No, you're not supposed to flush them. No, you're not supposed to flush them. I wouldn't em. flush them, no. No. no I wouldn't throw them in the garbage. No, we don't do that either. Yeah, what do exactly. we do? We actually, there's a drug disposal operation with any, every major city has one. Uh-huh. So you just call them up and say, I want to dispose of X, Y, I want to party there. So when you, <laughs> you, know, you put all the drugs in one big pile and pick Let's your chance and take yeah, your absolutely. choice out of that, right? That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah, it's a grab bag. It's a grab bag. So actually, so if somebody dies, for example, and the nurse practitioner comes in to, to help you with the disposal of the body and moving other things around, they actually do a drug inventory. Sure. Drug inventory. Then they take the drugs, they account for all the drugs, and then they dispose of them appropriately. And most of them go into incineration. Uh-huh. So they're burned. And should you so be doing I have that to wait just... until I die to yeah. have my drugs well, taken care of? Well, let's not do that. Let's not wait till we die. But let's. Uh, but there are ways to do it. Most hospitals do the same thing. It's through incineration. Uh-huh. Okay. Um. Here's a, a question I've been asked to ask. I just want to do as a disclaimer because I'm not sure it's really your table. But Captain Crinkle heard. <laughs> I am the Costco. <laughs> Captain Crinkle, Cos- Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns heard that Costco has the best quality meat and wants you to tell us if that's true. Well, I have been to their facility in Arkansas, and it's really quite impressive. Frankly. Costco's Costco's yeah. facility, they, their cleanliness, their quality control. I've I've interviewed the quality control Gosh, people and if, there. If you say their cleanliness they, is um, good, it has to be now, phenomenal. They must be producing meat you could eat off of. Uh, they do a very good job, frankly, uh, almost as good as Viarta does. But I can tell you that Costco does a very good job. Their quality control across the country is quite impressive. Wow. Wait, almost as good as who? Viarta. Viarta is a Hispanic store. Viarta is equally clean, but it's a huh. smaller operation than Costco. Of course. Oh, they have, they have markets here in LA, yeah, don't they? Have they? Markets here, and they're yeah. wonderful food. They really do have wonderful oh, food. Oh, terrific food. Oh, good to know. There's Even my friends from Guatemala would like Viarta food. Yeah. Ray Horseman has spoken Ray, up. Ray Horseman, gusto, senor? On, on the other side of the hull, yes. he's shaking his head. Uh, uh, he's on the underside of the keel, right? No. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. We're not keel hauling. Ray Horseman. We're not keel hauling everybody today. Cookie dough. Can I eat it? Uh, probably not a good idea. Okay. Because it has raw eggs. And even we're really fortunate in this country, we have what they call uh, end shell um, pasteurization. So in shell, in shell, oh, in so shell pasteurization, like in house, in yeah. boat, yeah. Uh, so in shell pasteurization. So most of the eggs in the United States are in shell pasteurized, so we don't get salmonella. Like, but if you go down to your local chicken ranch and you're getting eggs off the farm. Probably not pasteurized, so those eggs you have to be careful about. Wow, who's going down to the chicken ranch to get the eggs to make their cookie dough? Well, I have friends who have eggs. Uh, uh, yeah, tell them I, in fact, we yeah. had a urban chicken rancher yeah, on the show. I have friends who have urban chicken yeah. ranches, yeah. and they give me eggs all the time. But we don't want to eat raw egg dough because okay. of the salmonella possibility. So, okay. Uh-huh. So what about those companies that are marketing cookie dough ice cream? 
That has been pasteurized. Oh. It has been cleaned. Yes, that ice oh, cream has gone cream. through quite a process to be sure that, in fact, it, and they actually, by law, but in the, here in the United States, they have to ensure that the bacterial load is not, not above what they call the upper limit. Okay, the upper limit. I used to watch uh, that all the time. Uh, is there a, That's a great uh, drug, by the way. What's your general feeling about mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. <laughs> It's a terrific question, that's Dr. That's a fat Poundstone. emulsion. What can I say? It's a fat emulsion? Is yeah. that what you said? That's water and oil with egg yolk. Huh. Uh, that's his feeling about the yeah. <laughs> Whoa. It's, it's good for you. No, seriously, it's, it's a great product. But it's be, It is but a great it, product? It's a great product. If you feel like giving me a great fatty emulsion. Yeah, fatty emulsion. Can I you make that into a song? Yeah. We can do it, but actually, but also as a great matrix a great space in which bacteria will grow. So what do you, oh. when you open the jar, yeah. because it has fat and protein in it, and bacteria love fat and protein. So you just got to chug it. So <laughs> you, could, you could do that. So in this case, when you open the jar of mayo, where do you store it? I don't know. Not in the pantry, but in the oh, in the refrigerator. refrigerator. Oh, of course, of course. naturally. I think all of us knew that. Well, yeah. not everybody does. They walk into some people's pantries and you say, "What is that doing over there?" You already open it; it doesn't work. Oh, so yeah, things no, are growing. Horrible so, idea. but you just go away inside, scrape off the top, and it must be good, right? Probably not a good practice at all because oh. bacteria and mold, they will secrete things that into the oh, rest of the geez, body. Oh, Jesus. That's cheese. what I do with my spaghetti sauce. Oh, you do. I'm I just so take sorry. the moldy part off. I take yeah. the mold top my off the top. My mother taught me that. Go, right? She never like liked bad me. bad cheese, right? Yeah. Well, actually, they will secrete things that will make you quite ill. That brings up some interesting things because every household, if there's two adults in there, they disagree over certain items. Should they be refrigerated or should they not be refrigerated? Can I just run a few by you? What? By all me. Bring it on. Let's play Should You Frigid. A new song. How are you going to sell that? Should you frigid? Uh, bread. Yes. You should bread? refrigerate should you your bread. bread? Yes. Okay, let's keep going. We're gonna, I want to keep going with this. And you, probably, you don't want to know why, but I'll keep Yeah, let's why? Go on. why I don't should wanna, you refrigerate want, He doesn't want to know why. I want to know why. I have why. a lot of items on this list. Okay, no, keep going. You know, why? Go ahead, go ahead. Because bread no longer has uh, preservatives in it. We removed BHA, BHT decades ago. So if you don't, if you leave the bread in a pantry, it will grow mold. And do we want moldy bread? The answer is no. But yeah, how but long isn't before it grows mold? Time. In about seven days. Seven okay. days. We use I, it. We use I it. So that's how dirty your space is. Uh -huh. But you see these growing spots like um, penicillin. Uh -huh. That's what's growing right there. Aspergillus is growing. Saying I'm happy because everything we have in our kitchen, right here in the studio, it has aspergillus in the air. So it will sit on, settle on on that bread. You say, oh my. Gosh. But that's penicillin, isn't it? Well, aspergillus is a mold. So oh. not necessarily penicillin, but oh. the same idea. Let's I keep thought going. maybe if I got sick, I could take bread. Uh, no. <laughs> you could? Wrong dose, but we could do that. Um, uh, peanut penicillin butter. Resist. Peanut butter, you can put in the pantry. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Why would you refrigerate it or make it stiff? Well, are there co certain kinds of natural peanut butter that need to be refrigerated well, after opening? It would probably be nicer if you did that, but it's always been pasteurized, but it's not necessarily been homogenized. Ah. That's oh. the big difference here. Homogenized, that's yeah, what yeah. So you have Steve Miller is trying to do. To do it. Your mom was trying to homogenize? But Stephen Miller is it's, trying to homogenize. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's a big believer in homogenization. A will not, oh, will not grow too many things. But it's when they get Worcestershire sauce. Which uh, high salt don't need to refrigerate. Hot sauce, hot sauce don't need to refrigerate. But that's not high salt. That's but high. But it pepper. is high salt. But it, the capsaicins are anti-mold inhibitors. Oh, so the hotness comes from capsaicins. Okay, and so things don't want to grow on capsaicins. So you don't have to put your sriracha in the refrigerator. You don't have to put your sriracha in the refrigerator. Interesting. Uh, butter. Butter. 
Don't have to put that in the refrigerator either. Oh, boy. Oh, That's wow. good news. Because it no, virtually no protein. All it is is water and fat. So things won't grow on it so well. So keep it wrapped up. It's convenient. In the, we keep it in the freezer. But it's convenient and, because and it, it stays nice and solid. Exactly. If you kept it out, it would be melting. It, it goes because here in Los Angeles we get hot weather, and you I know like a goes. soft butter. You would have soft butter, yeah. but you don't need it. So we take. So out. we've been brainwashed by the by the refrigeration industry that but that it, creates butter shelves <laughs> when they are unnecessary. It is, it is convenient, but when you take out a pound of butter, where do you uh-huh. put four cubes of butter? Like put it in the refrigerator. It's yeah. convenient that way. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, great. But you put your your soft butter and your on your sink what for a week, and does anything grow? On my sink, or whatever you have, little butter, butter trays, my whatever. Sink. whatever my sister uses those. a butter dish. A butter dish, it just there stays you go. out there, yeah, and oh. it's fine for a week because you probably go through That's a cube of butter. Really in a interesting, week. Or, or or less, uh, or less. You're not going to get hurt, but unless you live in a really dirty kitchen. No, no, that would never happen. Not dirty, you can <laughs> not see you. anyways. No, not no. you. So nothing's going to grow on that fat. You and know water. what I say every morning when I go into my kitchen? Get the fuck off the counters. Yeah, that's all the bacteria. She has a lot of cats. Way, uh, no, yeah, I have twelve cats. cats. It's not bacteria. She doesn't well, speak to bacteria. Well, the cat will pose a problem for you. I say, I get, think... get off the counter, take your bacteria with you. Yeah, and well, they're very well trained. Yeah, right? They better be. Well. All the bacteria are well trained. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Roger A. Clemens, for helping clean up our food safety information. And now we're going to take that information and we are going to run it through what we call the old Poundstonator. Fantastic house band Bob Mincer, would you please play some background music uh, for me? About food safety. You should clean your vegetable drawer every two weeks. Jesus! I never realized how dangerous food is. I don't even think you should eat it. If you're keeping up with cleaning your vegetable drawer, you don't have time to eat it. Your ice can get old. And if your refrigerator makes the ice, you have to replace the filter. You'd be better off being a breatharian. Hold on, I'm gonna have a safe dinner. He is an adjunct professor of pharmaceutical sciences and associate director of regulatory science program at the University of Southern California. Thank you for being on our show, Professor Roger A. Clemens! Coming up, Tony Anita Hull, thank God, is back and opens up the listener mailbag. That's coming up right after this. According to climate scientists, we have nine years and 43 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Bob. Hey, Paula, we're back. Adam, answer the phone. <laughs> really? The phone's yeah, ringing? I yeah. didn't hear answer it under the, the saxophone. Yeah. All right. Um, hello? Uh, hello? Has the Lord yet blessed me with being the hundredth caller? <laughs> uh, no, whoever you are. I believe you're caller number 38. Adam, uh, yes? 38. Well, we met a couple of weeks ago. I am Gladdy Pilgrim. President Gladdy Trump's, Pilgrim. Gladdy Pilgrim, President Trump's next Supreme Court uh, person. Okay. <laughs> when you say person, do you mean justice? Uh, yes, yes. Supreme okay, Court. now knowing the name of the job, that's one of those things that you really want to nail down. Well, I'm going to have to bone up on that a little bit, I, I guess. I think so. Uh, uh, yeah. Ruth Bader 
Ginsburg has been around for quite a while. She's an old lady. Yeah, she, she fought for women's rights. In fact, she invented the washing machine. <laughs> she did not. She, she did not. She did not. Oh. No, oh. no, she spent her entire life in, in, in the field of jurisprudence, as far as I know. Of? J- judging stuff. Oh, jurisprudence. Yes. Uh, uh, now, I am Which told... you have not, have you, Glady? Uh, no. No, I do. I am not a judge. What have you, you done? You do with not most... have to be a judge to be a Supreme Court person. <laughs> Supreme Court you justice. Have to be a... Yes, justice. You have to be uh, uh, appointed by uh, President Trump. At the moment, yes. If somebody leaves the court, which nobody is doing right now. Well, uh... as I said, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is quite elderly. Yes, but not everybody elderly is about to die. I am told that she can plank for 30 seconds. Yes, <laughs> which would be a sign of her... I still think I can take her. Well, you're not, not going to get to take her, Gladie. That's not the point, anyway. What's she going to do, plank on me? Well, we don't know that planking is the only thing that, that she can do. I mean, Paula Poundstone can plank, and she also is a cherry belt in Taekwondo or something she, like that. She, she would make a very unfair Supreme Court justice. Paula Poundstone uh, or Ruth Bader Ginsburg? No, Paula Poundstone. Why, why do you say so? A miserable... First of all, President Trump would not appoint uh, Paula Poundstone as a Supreme Court person. I think, uh, justice, I think that's true, but at the same time, I don't know why he would appoint you. Uh, what are your qualifications, The Gladys? Lord loves me. <laughs> And how do you know this? Uh, The Lord tells me so every day in every way. Okay, give me give me an example of the most recent message you got from the Lord that seemed to say, "I love you, Gladie." Oh, oh, Adam, I feel the Lord's love all the time. Uh, Right, but that could be a stalker. And the sun shines on my face. No, Uh that is not a stalker, Adam Felber. No, that is not a stalker. Okay. You don't walk with the Lord, do you? Well, you know, there's another another caller that always asks me that, and I always say the same thing. I think it goes something like this. No. Well, no, that's I don't. why you don't know the feeling that I have. When you walk with the Lord? I, when you when I walk with the Lord. It's very important that I get on the Supreme Court soon so that if GCO isn't elected by the people, the Supreme Court can elect him. GCO? God's chosen one. <laughs> and Some, who's that? Sometimes, uh, President Trump. Sometimes we call him Gecko. Gecko? Gecko. Uh, or Gecko. Again, Gecko would work, right? Ge- Gecko, like the lizard, like Gecko. the like the yeah. cold-blooded lizard, right? <laughs> no, Gecko. he's not. No, he is a warm-hearted man. I've touched his elbow many times. You have? Yes, when we pray for have him. Have you been part of that prayer group that yes, touches the president? Yes, I am a president? part of the prayer group that blesses the president and prays. And you get for the elbow. The, I, I touch his elbow. You can always see me on his left elbow. Who gets what? Uh, well, um, uh, Paula White uh-huh. uh, is the one who touches his um, penis. <laughs> Wait a minute. Paula White gets the penis? Uh, She doesn't take it out with her, but she, yeah. (laughs) She touches it and blesses it. She doesn't get it to go. She she, she blesses it. That's right. She reaches out and touches uh, his penis. That's just not okay with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, all right, well, I guess judge not. That's what they say, right? Yeah, that's right, judge not. And yet you want to be a judge. I'm hoping to be a Supreme Court person. (laughs) I should be there very soon. I'm already shopping for a robe. Are you? Yeah, I'm looking for something floral. Yeah, you, you know, can't, it has to be black, and you don't have to shop for it. Oh, 
No, you do. They all wear black robes. Yeah. Oh, the black robe. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. Susan Collins is already practicing pretending she might not vote to confirm me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, then... <laughs> it's in the bag for you, then. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. All right, Gladdy. Well, you thank know, you for keep calling. Keep in mind, Adam, God's favorite part of the hokey pokey is you put your left foot out. <laughs> All right. I'll bite. Are you planning, perhaps, on tripping an 80-something-year-old woman and hoping she falls to her death? No, no, that no. Sounds you like know, what your put my... left foot. Your left your foot. Your left foot. Do you hear what I'm saying? No. Do you hear I, what God is saying through me no, to I, you, Adam? I Felber hear something right that now. sounds like some kind of weird innuendo, but I don't know what it means by putting your left foot out. Put your left foot out. Oh. Exactly. I see. Yeah, that's exactly. Putting your right foot that, in. That's the same expression that uh, uh, GCO had when Paula White prayed for his penis. <laughs> The expression on my face. No, the the the, the uh, oh. That's the sound he makes when Paula White puts his hand. Let's stop this, Gladie. Uh, thanks for calling. But, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm not the hundredth caller. Never. All right. Well, okay. I will call back because you uh, do I not can, have to. I can. I would love to hang out with you after the game. That, Adam <laughs> wow. That Suddenly, be, I want Winnie Feynman to call. All right. So, so, uh, Adam, uh, 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 I'll see you later. Then we'll talk soon. We will not. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, Adam, answer the phone. What? Yeah, answer the phone. I feel like that call came in wild. Do we have call waiting now? Uh, it doesn't no, matter. Hello. Hello, Adam. It is myself, Woody Rose Feynman, hoping that I am the hundredth caller. You are caller number 39. I'm also hoping that you have been rehearsing your part for our production of Love Letters at the Herschel Bonatti Community Theater in Huntington, New York. Winnie, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one more time. I am not going to be performing in Gurney's love letters at the Herschel Bernardi Theater with you. Will I be seeing you again? You have never seen me, Winnie. <laughs> Adam, you're not practicing. Oh, is that a line That's from the show? A, uh, yes. Uh, well, Winnie, I don't know my lines from the line show. Your line is better not for a while. Oh, okay, I will say I will say my line again. I'll say you. Why don't I say your line and you say mine? No, no. Will I be seeing you again? Uh, better not for a while. I'm tired of you calling my show. No. Is no, that not that, the line? No. You've, <laughs> no? you've messed up your life. You know, wow. I'm trying to keep our relationship professional, Mr. Felber. Okay. <laughs> you owe me. You took my mother's crock pot. I don't know. I'm hoping that's a line from the show. No. I didn't take your mother's crock pot. You sent it to me, Winnie. Winnie, can I can I ask, ask you something? Are yes. You, do you have any of those dating apps? Like the... the I don't, I don't need one. Well, maybe what I'm suggesting is maybe you should give them a try. I hear they're really dating. good dating apps. You know, wouldn't like, it be great if I went out with someone who loved you as much as I do? <laughs> that would be great. But also, what if it was someone who loved you as much as you love me? Wouldn't that be nice to have in your life, Winnie? Imagine somebody who adores you and just thinks like, "Oh, that's such a Winnie thing to say," you and know, I love it. And and I want to tell you. I never really think that. You never think what? Oh, that's such a winny thing to say. You I never would... think that? Well, I think that first part, but not the second part. What I'm saying is you could find somebody who genuinely adores you. You know, Adam. Yeah. I feel that you're putting me off. I am. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm trying to do, Well, Winnie. I can certainly read a robe. Uh... <laughs> I mean, that's precisely I what the... I need to point something out to you. Yes. Be it understood 
by you, the party of the second party, that Herschel Bernardi Jr. is a wonderful tenor, a fabulous hoofer, and most importantly for our purposes, a tough-as-nails lawyer. Okay, where's this going, Winnie? You need to know that, because the Herschel Bernardi Theater will sue us if you don't complete your, your, uh, you're in breach of contract. There's no contract, Winnie. <laughs> I never signed a contract. I never agreed to do this show. This is just the start for us. I am planning for us a production of... Of what? Nyinya Land. Nyinya Land? Nyinya Land. What's Nyinya Land? Nyinya Land. I heard you, Nyinya Land. What is it? It's inspired by La La Land, but it's about New York. Oh. <laughs> Wow, I don't want to contribute to this production in any way at all, I'm but planning, I would suggest that you pronounce it Nai Land. I am also planning a stage adaptation of Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur? I see you in the lead role. Uh, as Ben-Hur? Yeah. I don't want to, Winnie. <laughs> I don't want to do these shows with you. I, Adam, I have to tell you something else. Really? A lemon seed is sprouting. What do you mean, our lemon seed? Oh, a few weeks ago you said that we were going to plant a lemon tree together. Yes, but we lemon didn't. Seed. We didn't. Well, I did. Well, you did. With you in mind, I think of it as our lemon seed. <laughs> you shouldn't. It's sprouting. It's doing very well. I don't. Th- I it's think we had a tree expert here. As that our said love it was, is sprouting. It, it really is. Adam, I have to go now. Okay, Winnie. I'll call back later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. Adam, I have a cute little cat story. What, what do you got, Paula? Well, my cat Tonks climbed into the dish cabinet, and when I pulled her out, she grabbed onto my McNeil Lair coffee mug drawn by Al Hirschfeld, and it smashed on the counter. Yeah. um, You fall in love with them. That's what happens. (laughs) Those coffee mugs, yeah. No, the cats. You just fall in love with them. (laughs) It's another cute little cat story that doesn't strike me as cute. But you know what? Takes all types. Uh, Paula, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we attempted to do... Our listener mail section, our mailbag section. Yeah, our mailbag. Section. It was fantastic. No, it wasn't, because uh, t- uh, Tony Anita Hull wasn't here. It was that week. Remember that? Yeah, it was awful when Tony it, Anita it Hull was, was uh, here. Because uh, Captain Crinkle Bonnie oh, was, Burns. I was so upset the entire time. Oh. Uh, yeah, but Tony Anita Hull was not with us. Oh, look at this. It's, I it's, was fit to be tired, Adam Filmer. Yes, you were. Look Tony at this. Anita Hull, I'm so happy to see you here and with your mailbag. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Mrs. Culpepper. It's Mrs. Culpepper, everybody's favorite southern gentry hand puppet. Welcome. Uh, Thank you, Adam Filmer. You were, you know, we were just talking about... About uh, about poisoned foods. I couldn't listen. Oh, is that why? <laughs> I was wondering because I was presenting some broad opportunities for you to talk to the good doctor uh, uh, Roger Clemens, but you you seem not to want to appear. I will not talk to that baseball player. Well, for one, he wasn't a baseball player, but okay. Well, I'm he gl- was. He cheated in I, baseball. I'm sorry if he. Yeah, but that wasn't him. It was him. All right, I'm not going it was to argue. Roger this. Clemens. It was a Roger Clemens, yes, but not Roger A. Clemens. There's a difference. <laughs> you've forgotten yourself I really haven't but I, I really would like to at this point um, alright well I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here now Mrs. Culpepper and I'm glad you're here Tony Anita Hall because the mailbag section that we did with Bonnie Burns was <laughs> it was like experimental jazz I'm sure it was interesting on some level but I can't imagine that it meant anything to its audience <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. It was, it was an exploration of Bonnie's inner space. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny to see Bonnie's little feet in those big Tony Anita Hall footprints. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, anyway, we've got you back, Tony, and so now it's time for our favorite segment, Mailbag! 
<laughs> mailbag. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, Brilliant. Uh, Tony, what have you got for us from the mailbag? So this is from... Watch closely, Bonnie. From Megan McGlasso. See, she says the name. (laughs) (laughs) And then she reads what they wrote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is how it usually works. Um, um, Good morning, Team Paula. I don't see the pussy pillows on sale on your website yet. (laughs) I have been eagerly awaiting the opportunity to purchase a pussy pillow for my beloved feline, Wolfie. I expect a long and hilarious explanation on the next podcast. Oh, it's up. Oh, it's up. Yeah. <laughs> Short answer. Yeah, the website's up. The website's up at this yeah. point. Now, yeah. we haven't seen it, but we're assured that by the time <laughs> by the time even this listener mail thing happens, um, it's up. Uh, let me tell you what's been holding it up. Uh, <laughs> several things. Um, well, one thing is there's uh, some sort of a... I don't know what you call it, like a uh, some sort of a program that you put in that when people buy things from the store on the website, yeah, um, th- there's some sort of a program that will uh, um, calculate the shipping, and what it requires is that Wendell, your assistant, my assistant Wendell, weighs the, both the <laughs> packaging and the item of each item sold on our on our website. <laughs> So that th- this will be covered. And this Are has- you serious? Yeah. Like the like the website, <laughs> Bonnie saying yeah. Like the wet the entire website is not up because the shipping yes. weight yeah. for the store on that website yes. hasn't been weighed by Wendell yet. Yeah. Well, he's in the process. He said at one point, he went to go to the post office. So he had a box of all the individual items. And he went to go to the post office to use their scale. And then he came home and he was like, it's fucking Columbus Day. <laughs> Columbus Day? It was, I don't know, it was like a holiday. And, and, yeah. and, this, so the, President's and, then, Day and then he's like, well, he's got to get a, no, he has to buy a, 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 a scale. He has to buy a scale. And meanwhile, every day he talks to me about it. Every day he comes in cranky every single day. And this, I don't like boxes of stuff in my room, uh, but this has been well, a Well, you're box. running a pussy pillow manufacturing company out of your house. You're going to have yeah, boxes. But that's out. That's my, my son's bedroom is the uh, sweatshop. But he has this box full of all the things, and he has a, a ruler, and uh, he just labors over it. Now he's, now he's ordering packaging from a company. And he wants to get a company that, uh, and it's good. It's a company that has um, envir- environmentally yeah. friendly-ish, okay. you know, packaging. And uh, and then when he calls the place, I heard him on the phone today, and clearly he has a relationship with the person on the phone. Like he's obviously called them several times. Okay, he's like, "Well, Sharon's not back from her vacation yet." <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Now I want to move on to our next. So piece you of can mail. see why this would take a long time. Except that, yeah. and this is a crazy thought, and I yeah. only say this as somebody who's helped launch a half a dozen websites. You have? There, uh, yes, you've there is the pop. Yeah, launch websites? Absolutely. Did they have stores? Some of them. Yeah. And here's something that you can do if your yeah. store hasn't weighed its international packing. Oh, <laughs> right. don't even talk to Wendell about international. Here's something, here's something you can do. You can post the rest of the website, the stuff that has, like, say, a podcast that you are on. Yeah. And then where the store should be, just put a little banner saying, coming soon. And now Captain yeah. Drinkle is talking in the background. Yeah. She says, we were doing that. And yeah. then if I know what would happen. I know this show. <laughs> I could ask her what she means by that. 
And then three hours later, our listeners are still not done with this show. Yeah. Yeah. There's, no, it's, it's, there's a lot of communication challenges here. <laughs> w- Wendell has become an isolationist. Okay. He's just like, he doesn't want us to ship to other countries. And we're like, well, yeah, but the pod- podcast goes to other countries. So, you know, we're big in Moldova. I right. said, so, you know. But we, none we, of this happens until the website's up. Well, he's very concerned that there's going to be a big run. This is one of his concerns. And he's then going, he won't have. He says, you know, I'm the one who has to deal with it when tons of people want pussy pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start with and that. I, hey, I, let's, I, I um... said, Wendell, I don't think there's going to be like a big rush. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, well, if, I, if I sell like six when I'm on the road, it's a big deal. Right. But, but you know, we, we do go out to thousands of people listen to us every week. So yeah, it seems to m- make no difference. There might be a run on it once it's available. We'll yeah. see. We'll yeah. find out. But you know what? This is how you do the mailbag thing. Yeah. Tony read something. We <laughs> responded to it. Yeah. This is how it's done, Bonnie. Yeah. All right. Let's move on with mailbag. Let me know. <laughs> no, you, you, you don't have to, Bob. Forget it. We're good. Hey, um, this is from... I surprised you with it. The, ho- the house band wanted desperately to intercede right then. <laughs> um, this is from Jaden Baker. Okay. Hi, this is not a question. Actually, more of a suggestion. All right. Uh-oh. Can you please continue asking Bonnie a question from across the room? <laughs> Just one question. I love hearing her answer it wrong and then defend herself for a few <laughs> minutes. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, Jaden, you've uh, you kind of stumbled upon our secret formula there. <laughs> J- Jaden might actually be the pen name of of, of Bonnie's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I assure you that we will. We don't even have to end, ask Bonnie questions for her to yell something wrong at us. <laughs> Bonnie, yeah. is the website up now? <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's, it's, by the, by time, the time people hear this show, show this one right the website now. will be up. Fantastic. Yeah. When you hear this show. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's saying, all right. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about why that didn't happen. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is from Louis F. DeMiglio. Uh-huh. Um, oh, Louis F. DeMiglio. Yeah. Yes. I have of the to- Vancouver at DeMiglio's. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mrs. DeMiglio's youngest. Yes. Um, I have to say, if people are concerned about the Poundstone's Pussy Pillows name, I'm glad Adam threw out his original idea, which I heard was the Comedian's Cunt Cushions. Whoa. Oh, no, wow, but that's... that's really offensive. <laughs> oh, my God. No, Lewis. Oh, does Mrs. DeTaglionio <laughs> let you talk to people with a mouth like... No, what, what, that's an what? obvious reference to... to, to uh, a crude reference to women's genitalia. It's horrible. It's nothing to do with the pussy pillows or, might I add, my product, Felber's Feline Fun Bags. So, get your mind out of the gutter, Louis. is really my response. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, cushions, obviously, yeah. honestly. Vagrants vagina vessels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, those have a real Sure, that got a twist to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Lewis, you didn't even think, put a spin on what it. What I think you're not understanding is a pussy is a cat. Yeah. Do, do you see? Right. It's a cat. A pussy like and, a pussy cat. And 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 when you fill a, a pillow with something fun for cats to play with, that's a fun bag. <laughs> Stop saying fun bag. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that, that that upsets Tony Nita Hall worse than Pussy Pillows. His Felber's feline fun bag. I had never heard that. 
this show is decayed. I had never <laughs> heard the fun bag thing. You know, Tony, you know, what, what you're missing on your mailbag is that what Bonnie would do is she would read part of what the person said. <laughs> And then she would Google something in it. I notice you don't do that. No, yeah. I don't. And, no, and, I... And, and, and then no one really could understand what she was talking about. Right, because it would it be, only... be a bad website, poorly conveyed, <laughs> yeah. not, uh, not would... related to the topic of the mailbag thing. Like someone would write in and say, I really enjoy your show. And Bonnie would read like a Wikipedia thing. About an emperor named Cho. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that yeah. was how that rolled. And yet she felt very strongly <laughs> that we needed she, to she, listen. She couldn't understand why we weren't seeing the connection. <laughs> so I, so try I to work on it. that, Tony. All right, so I'm so Lewis, uh, no, we we, we, we yeah. that, that that was we're just deeply offended. <laughs> can, can you, can you deeply imagine offended. when my kids were little? I used to play this game sometimes where I would hide a present for them. And then I would give them clues to where the pre- and one clue led to another, led to another. I would say stuff like, you know, uh, it's underneath the bouncy thing in the big backyard, and they'd run out to the trampoline. It's oh, it's under the trampoline. Can you even imagine what Bonnie came up with for her kid? I, <laughs> I don't even want to estimate how many kids she lost on that game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's unwrapped presents all over her house. Yes. yes. And the Hidden state kept, kept erecting higher and higher walls next to the highway. Yeah, with like it's no. It's the thing with the cars. <laughs> Kid goes running out in the street. No, the garage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, are there any more? Is that? Um, the... I've, I've one we have more. one more. One okay, more. Great. It's 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 we have one more. Um, my husband and I love your show, but the ever-growing run times. This week's episode is about an hour and 42 minutes long. Uh-oh. It's starting to make it difficult to keep up with your podcast. When you step closer to a one-hour runtime each episode, it fit in well with our commutes and all the other podcasts that we follow. But Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is starting to outgrow the space um, we can manage to give it. <laughs> we love your work and want to keep supporting you guys, but we'll have to stop listening if we can't manage to keep up. We'll try for a few more weeks, but we wanted to let you guys know what we're wrestling with since we've been happily telling our friends about your podcast, and we'd hate to have to stop. You guys make our week more joyful. Thank you for all your hard work. You guys do it's what's really best for you. It's a really long fucking letter. I know. <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, you guys do what's best for you. Don't worry about us if you don't need to. Best, Rachel. Ooh, super oh passive aggressive at the end there, Rachel. Rachel. Um, Jesus, I don't hope they don't, don't have kids. Honestly, you know, they call I... little Rachel Jr. into the room. Look, <laughs> you're taking up a lot more time than your family has for you. <laughs> we got also, a lot of podcasts to to. If you want to shorten our show, <laughs> dear Paul and Adam, your show's too long. Love, Rachel. Not, not this <laughs> Finnegan's wake of, of mailbag that we were just presented with. Oh, my God. That was, uh, that was the longest mailbag that we had. <laughs> even well, that's two, why it's a two-hour show this week. It has no, nothing to do with Bonnie. Even two weeks ago when Bonnie Googled shit to add to it, <laughs> it wasn't as long as Rachel's, your show's too long email. Well. Rachel, I, what I understand... Okay, I'm going to tell you something, Rachel. Something very personal about me. I'm going to take the time to do it. Okay, but uh, Paula, fits... we're watching. We're watching the clock here, <laughs> Rachel. Whether it fits into your commute or not. So here's what I have to say to you: Pull over. <laughs> <laughs> 
have to say this. We are, our show has been getting longer, and uh, you know what? I would prefer to see us keeping it a little bit shorter. I think we do some things that are unnecessary, like having Bonnie Burns involved. But um, <laughs> but uh, well, well, we supposed to have the auction today and not even fucking mention the boat. We got a big boat in the room. That's right. Things you like got to bo- stop and mention it, Rachel. Obviously, the boat. Maybe uh, Rachel, you have a boat in your living room, and you don't talk about it. That's not who we are. It's not who we are, Rachel. Maybe that's what you're asking your kids to do: is just don't mention the boat. It upsets daddy. But, but I, yeah, when your kids become drinkers, you'll know what I'm talking about, Rachel. That's right. You, you have to you have to be open and, and and you have to take the time that it takes to express your feelings, Rachel. I would extend that to our before show meeting where we might say there's going to be a boat in the studio tomorrow, Adam, <laughs> and maybe you should plan the show differently because you're probably going to be talking about the boat. I didn't see the need to do that. I <laughs> What Rachel doesn't sure. realize is I've been, I've been trying to keep the production calls shorter so that we can put more time into the show itself. And the final thing that I would say, Rachel, is one of those other four podcasts that you listen to probably can go. Yeah, listen that's to my us feeling. two commutes yeah, exactly. a week. What else are you listening I don't understand, Rachel. What else could you possibly be listening what, to? What, are you listening to Jimmy Pardo? I love Jimmy Pardo. I do, too. Are you, are you listening to Sklar Brothers? No, I like the Sklar Brothers. I like Brothers. them, too. Okay. Uh, are you listening to... Uh, what's I, I the can't... one? What's the popular one where they... Where, you know, the one where I, I couldn't take the... Uh, the, the he, he supported me. Um, Joe Rogan. Yeah. I could, I could not accept the support. Yes. Uh, oh, Bernie Sanders here. It was, uh, you know, I have been underneath <laughs> that long uh, uh, a piece of wood on that boat <laughs> for the last hour. Why? I've been calling out, asking for help. As as no one heard me. You're you're. I, I don't want to insult you, Mister Senator Sanders, but you're somewhat on the old and frail sides, and you're. And, I had a heart attack. What are you talking about? Exactly, and your I voice the, doesn't the, project. I had the best heart attack anybody's ever had. My whole heart attack was. Can I get a chair? That was it. <laughs> No clutching my heart, no falling to the ground. You did spend two days in the hospital, didn't you? I, I said, can I have a chair? Okay. That was my whole public heart attack. It's not so bad, actually. No, it's not bad at you all. You remind me of every uncle I ever had. <laughs> Honestly. Let, let Pete fa- Buttigieg have a heart attack. See how he does. <laughs> I don't think he's going to. He seems to be very young and fit. Um, all right, so There's Tony, is that a terrible that thing to say? End of our mailbag? Yes, it is. All right, well, young it was fit. I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, less than 80 years old and able to I run am not around the- 80 years old. How old are you? 79. I stand corrected. And that's all the time we have tonight for I, our- I won't be 80 till your website is up. Mail- <laughs> no argument there. Mailbag. Mailbag. All right. Okay, there's been another auction bid on our website. Uh, it's from uh, Oleg uh, Deripaska. Uh, he's Oleg a, Deripaska? He's a Russian oligarch, uh, huh. owner of an aluminum business with a reputation for intimidation, bribery, and even murder. Great. Uh, also a former employer of Paul Manafort. He's okay. worth $4.5 billion, and, and he has bid $150,000. Wow. Oh, sorry, Scott Franciscus. <laughs> yeah, Scott Franciscus has been outbid by a lot. Uh, Scott, we might be able to give you an or. What's the new bid again? Uh, what's the new bid? Yeah. Is the new bid is 150000 Wait a minute! Wait a minute! There's another one! Alyssa Yeager... Uh, Alyssa Yeager, the listener who wrote that great vocabulary song. Right, exactly. <clears throat> uh, she has bid... Oh, wait, get this. 
$150,000.01. Yeah, baby. Outbidding you... Oleg Deripaska. Thank you, Alyssa. Uh, come pick it up. The door's open. Alyssa, um, <clears throat> you are in no way on the hook for $150,000 right now. I mean, certainly uh, she is. Well, she, she already. She's, bid, uh, she's outbid Oleg Deripaska. Can't we just consider her great vocabulary song an in kind donation of $150,000? Uh, you know what? I'll take off the point one. In, uh, in, in fact, uh, Ray Horseman, do you no. have a little bit of that? I mean, because that was that vocabulary song. I just want to underscore that. A new tray wish I'll find a way to please. I'll truckle to your needs, although I won't get on my knees. I see you check your horloge and know it's getting later. You feel that words are nugatory to them, you won't cater. That is wow, fantastic. that is so great. That, yeah, boy, that is going to piss off Oleg, Oleg Deripaska. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to yeah. say, an oligarch named Oleg is a little on the nose anyway. He has a reputation for intimidation, bribery, and even murder. Right, whereas... Uh, so get that boat and start to row. Exactly, whereas uh, Alyssa Yeager has a reputation for writing fun, folky tunes about vocabulary words. Yeah, well, maybe there's... They're a, different, takes yeah, all types of Very different. Very, there's not the same person. Oleg Deripaska... And uh, Alyssa Yeager are two entirely different people. They really are. Now, Paula, um, I was going to say that if, if anybody else wants to contribute to the mailbag, they can, go, of course, go to nobody listens to Paul Bounce on gmail.com. Or just call Bonnie Direct. Give them her phone number. Yeah, and <laughs> please call Bonnie Direct because that's a sure way to get to us. Um, speaking of hotel soaps, do you have any uh, shows you want to promote as we get towards the winding down portion? Thank God. Are of we our getting show? towards the winding down well, portion? Well, we're at the you, you promote yourself portion. I feel like it's like when, when you have little kids. And, you know, they've got their jammies on, but they've gotten a little wild. Right. And now it's time and, to and tell them it's time for it's settling five down. Minutes. Yeah, right. no, yeah. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, I see. Okay. <clears throat> I, well, you know what? I hate promoting myself. It's the only part of my job that I really dislike. Then we can get right to bed. I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia at the Paramount Theater on April 18th, and I'll be in New York City at Town Hall on April 30th, and I'm in Tucson, Arizona at the Fox Tucson Theater on May 8th. One of those great old Fox theaters, I'm sure. you have anything else you want to promote? Of course, my Butterfinger single, Not My Butterfinger, and the ringtone yeah. are now available for download on my new website <laughs> <laughs> at dreamon.com. No, it's paulapounceon.com. We're 100% sure it's up now. Yeah. As well as the Pussy Pillows and T-shirts. You can also find those there. I, all of Accurately I, weighed as well. <laughs> yeah, you'd be. Everyone weighs the exact same. I can guarantee that's true about the pussy pillows. How do you know? Because Wendell couldn't sleep any other way. The quality control has to be that tight with Wendell. It really like is. he's not going to give one cat a little more catnip than than the other in the in the in the pussy pillows. Every thirty pussy pillows that he makes, he makes one to give to my cats so that they can continue to assure him. That the nip is fresh. So your cats have been drafted to become Wendell's quality assurance team that is exactly for the Poundstone right. Pussy Pillows. Yeah. That's actually a selling point for some listeners. All right. Now, um, you can find a complete list of upcoming performances at the aforementioned and mythical PaulaPoundstone.com. We'll be back with more Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Fun fact, some archaeological evidence suggests that the first truly domesticated cats appeared over 9,000 years ago, while other strong evidence clearly suggests that we're still waiting on that one. (laughs) ¶¶ 
we're back. Oh, Bob, <laughs> it's just fantastic. Bob Minter, everybody. Um, well, welcome back, all you mo- nobodies. Now, Paula, we gave our security muscle, Tyler Burke, a tearful farewell uh, just a week ago, but I'm looking in the studio right now, and he's right over there. That's how touching that farewell was. <laughs> yeah. He came back. He came right back. Yeah, I want to thank wow. you so much for coming. We we uh, we needed people to be watched. Extra muscle, we yeah, did. because we had we had a, a, a pharmacologist and Bob Mincer on the same show. That's exactly right. right. And of course, with the valuable uh, boat, right, the and the giant boat, boat. <laughs> uh, yes. really attracted a lot of uh, ne'er do wells trying to figure out how to get this boat out of here. I feel yeah. really bad about breaking the door. <laughs> Um, now, um, but I'm sure I'm sure Ray Horseman is, is a forgiving type about door breakage because you've done it before. If you remember, in the days of you know Anthony Alfaro's animals, we had a, quite a few uh, physical plant. Uh, we didn't mishap. break the door. We just had yak waste yeah, on the floor. We had yak waste. We had, we had we had some wall bruising. I don't think that bothered Ray Horseman. All right. Now, uh, Paula, any message this week for the fans listening to Nobody Listens? No, actually, there isn't, Adam. Really? You don't have a message? (laughs) You usually come prepared with some kind of message. I did usually have a message. Oh, then I have an idea. But now that Rachel has let her feelings known, isn't that? Uh, I guess Rachel, because (laughs) of you, Rachel, nobody else gets to hear a simple sample dialogue. I hope you're happy, Rachel. I had a really funny fucking thing I was going to (laughs) say. It was... The paper was spontaneously lighting fire. It was so funny. Yeah. It was and probably the funniest thing I've ever written. I'll be honest. It was the funniest thing I've ever so written. I, I want to apologize to I'm our a- thousands of listeners because of Rachel. Yeah. Because it didn't fit into their, their uh, what, what is it? Their Her commute. commute. Yeah. God because Rachel's it. working from home this week. Right. So the show has to be 30 seconds long so she can listen to it between the bathroom and the desk. Yeah, and she said that we should just take care of ourselves and not worry about her. Well, Rachel, that's not the kind of people we are. We're not, so no simple sample dialogue for any of you. That's right. Although we could try something. You know, Paula, you're thought of as one of the great improvisational uh, comedians out there. I wish you could see the fish mouth I have right now. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and um, in point of fact, I did actual I'm improv comedy. You did? Yeah, um, in fact... Literally thousands of shows over a few decades. Uh, you didn't do thousands of shows. No, thousands. No, you yeah. didn't do thousands of shows. Oh, yeah, I did. I no, did. you didn't. Thousands. Anyway. Um, yeah. I figured we could improvise some simple sample dialogue. You go ahead. No, no, no. Let's, <laughs> let's try that. You know, it was great. it's a great atmosphere for an improv show. From our audience here in the studio, could I have a, um, uh, a profession that someone might have, please? Dental hygienist. Dental hygienist. Okay, so Thank Paula, you, Tony Anita Hall. you're a dental hygienist. <laughs> okay. And I'm a patient. Okay. And let's have a simple sample dialogue where you t- you've broached that difficult subject of. Uh, it can be awkward. It, I'm told it can be. Yeah, so that so I'm here a we are. Big fan. Ladies and big gentlemen, fan. through the magic of improv comedy, we now take you to a dental hygienist's office. Uh, um, uh, okay. Um, do you want to spit? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I, meant, uh, I meant in the bowl. Uh, Don't uh, spit in the bowl. I'm sorry, I'll spit in the bowl. No, take that hook out. Take the. You're supposed to take no, the hook out. What no, kind you of dental take, hygienist are no, you? This is, a, uh, this is a discount dental office. Uh, <laughs> You're going to do a lot of the procedures yourself. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. So you took the sucky hook do out. Do I put it back in? Uh, no, you don't need it. I already did. Uh, no, take it out again. Take it to my gum. No, take it out. I'm not going to do it for you. Take it out. All right, you know what? You're getting charged more. 
I got uh, it out. All right, thanks. Okay, and now here's some floss. Oh, I don't usually floss. Yeah, well, that's why you're here. Go ahead and floss. All right, I'm flossing. There you go. I have to say, yeah, for somebody who's more or less taking care of five different patients at once at a discount uh, dentist dentistry clinic, yes, you seem remarkably composed. Well, because I'm teaching people to care for themselves. Oh, is that why? Yeah. There's no other uh, reason? Uh, no. It, oh, there is another reason. <laughs> for fuck's sake, Paul. <laughs> How much bigger can I tee this up? Take that thing out. Okay. You know, part of the way I... Take that sucky thing out of your I'm mouth. Starting right, I'm starting to like it. Okay. No, I'm turning, I'm turning this sucky thing off. Okay. You know, it's interesting that you should ask. Uh, Adam, is that your name? No, it's Devin. Uh, Devin, it's interesting that you should ask. Uh, yeah, I do feel composed. Uh, I feel relaxed. Right. Uh, and and uh, I have a certain love of life. And, and you know where that I comes from? I have nothing from? to compare that to, but it's it radiates from you. Yeah. Well, do you know where it comes from? I do not. Not from fucking cleaning teeth, I'll tell you that. <laughs> where does it come from? Well, I happen to listen to the podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast. What's a podcast? It's a comedy podcast. Okay. A what's a podcast? Yeah. Oh, well, it's like a radio show, but it has less discipline, and it, instead of coming over the airwaves, it comes through the internet. Interesting. Go on. Well, that's really it. I listen. <laughs> and scene. Well, that was just great. Wow. I yeah. think I really got my point across. Yeah, look, we got to get applause for her. Yeah, I yeah, think you did. Yeah. That's Well, that was yeah. Tony Anita Hall. She'll, <laughs> she'll applaud anything. She'll applaud dirt. She really. Well, well I um, hope you enjoyed that, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, they, they just they just drove past their work. <laughs> All right. Apparently, Rachel doesn't realize you could turn it off. So she's saying, or listen it, it again later. It doesn't fit into their commute. So what's been happening is they've been driving past their place of business, right? Um, because they listen. So she's been having to get new jobs farther and farther away Precisely. from her house yeah. because of our podcast. Yeah, she's now a chicken farmer in Petaluma. Didn't mean to be. Yeah, and yeah. yet she lives in Santa Monica, California. Well, if so we shorten up been... the podcast, maybe she can get a job closer to home again. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get right on that, Rachel. Remember, nobody's, even Rachel, our email address is nobody listens to Paul Boundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula the Poundstone, Adam the Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hall. Technical direction by the great Ray Horseman and mixing by Michael Hoagie. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Bob Mincer. <laughs> what an honor. And thanks to our guest, Professor Roger A. Clemens. <laughs> Security muscle provided by Once this. again. By Tyler the Rock Burke. Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? That was some great improv. That was fun. I felt like you were in the moment. You were really in the moment. I was. Uh.
tastes good. I don't think I should have eaten that raw egg off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network.